You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, shit, Billy Bradley. We haven't raced in weeks and weeks and weeks, and yet here we are with a podcast full of damn information and stuff to talk about. I, I don't, Billy, it seems like, you know, we, I've said this ad nauseum, but everybody has a podcast before Tuesday of the week. And it seems like we have more shit to talk about on Thursday, Friday of NASCAR week than we would have. Even Everybody watches the race or knows what's going on Monday, Tuesday. You know, we're ready to move forward. Everybody's recapping it. Hell, we're looking at stuff. I mean, the news coming out this week in, in, in NASCAR, and none of it has to do with on-track stuff. Uh, is is absolutely crazy. And let's just go right off the bat here and get started, buddy. Ryan J. Newman was cleared to come back to NASCAR. And it says that, you know, reading all the – I mean, I'm reading Adam Stern uh, tweet the other day, and he says that um, Ryan Newman's return uh, that they tested, uh, you know, somewhere – I mean, I was like – They've already tested. They already did this. I mean, they tested it. They said he ran a – I'm reading Adam Stern right now. Ran a private test at Darlington Raceway in mid-March just before the coronavirus pandemic touched off for sources. Newman is expected to return to the number six as soon as May 17th at Darlington. We'll, we'll talk about schedule in a minute. But, uh, Billy, I, I'm not a race car driver. I don't sim race. I don't do any of that shit. I, I follow the speed limit on the road. Um, I'm a very – uh, I don't I don't have a lead foot, uh, but Ryan Newman, after seeing what I saw at Daytona, to go into one of the hardest damn tracks, and that's, that, that wall out there off turn three is not forgiving, for Christ's sakes. It just seems like something that's out of a fairy tale story, Billy Bradley. It's hard to even imagine. Yeah, you're talking, what, somewhere around mid-February, I think it was right after Valentine's Day, I do remember, the Daytona 500 yeah. took place, and Ryan Newman was being cut out of his car. I mean, mm-hmm. we couldn't even know what the deal was. Mm-hmm. And just a few short weeks later, the son of a bitch is in a car drive testing at Darlington. At Darlington. Darlington. Yeah. We're, we're not Anybody about... that's a fan of the sport knows the what how tough Darlington is on the damn sandy ass roads. Is it? I mean, it's an amazing story. Well, the mental capacity you have to have to be good at Darlington is is unbelievable. And I guess maybe that's why they did it. Rob Lopes, I know uh, this is big news uh, for you. And probably, I mean, I'm assuming that when the test took place, uh, you knew about it. And it's funny, for all people out there knowing, uh, Billy and I found out exactly the same day that Adam Stern reported it. Um, Exactly. uh, We we didn't know anything about this shit. Uh, There there was no inside information or secrets or nothing like that. Rob Lopes, you had to have known about the Darlington test uh, in mid-March and I, I I mean, were you there when it happened? Are you allowed to say if you were there, Rob Lopes, and, at Darlington in March? I mean, I'd like to play the game with you and say I can either confirm nor deny that. But um, <laughs> uh, no, I was there. I, okay. I was there. It, um, there was. We took a handful of guys. Obviously, we were, you know, uh, we were getting ready to go racing. You know, at another. You know, getting ready for another race and. Um, and yes, I was there. I was present for the test. I saw everything, listened, um, 
the test went really, really well. In fact, I'm and I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I was very pleasantly surprised with how smooth things went. Uh, his feedback, his his demeanor, everything that went on. It was like holy cow. Because I mean, we were talking about okay, we'll probably be down there for a half a day. Well, I don't know. I don't think we were there for but a couple hours. Hmm. And we made a ton well. of laps. And the doctor put him through his paces and constantly talked with him and uh, was listening on the radio, was looking at stopwatches, the whole shooting match, you know. And uh, obviously, and I say stopwatch because part of the parameters for this test is we weren't allowed to have data on the car. Gotcha. So it was like an old school test. You didn't have data. You just use your stopwatch. You, 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 weren't, you weren't going to use this as a test. To gain an advantage, you were just trying yeah. to get some laps, get some laps in, and you know put the guy through the paces, which is a very important thing. And I'm glad you brought up. So this wasn't anything where, uh, you know, RFR was trying to go down there and and to get a heads up on everybody. This was specific to Ryan Newman and his progress, and for a doctor to to see how he was. It was a stripped down car with no data collection system whatsoever. You did it old school with a <laughs> with a pencil, a paper, and uh, and a yep. stopwatch. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. So that's uh, I mean, the, it was, that's it was, probably it was closely it was, monitored. It was closely monitored. For the monitored. reference that Ryan Newman said on the, uh, you know, he was on the broadcast for the Talladega race. He did say something to the matter that the stopwatch said I was fast. Yeah. 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 And it, we, uh, and amazing story. We were using, we were using more than one just to double check things. You know what I mean? It wasn't just okay you to guys, watch, you know. It was we were. You, go ahead, Rob. No, no, we were just we were just like you know we don't want to just doing our thing is like oh well the crew watch says he's awesome but you know blah 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 no we had two or three stopwatches on there it's like hey man you know these are decent these lap times are extremely competitive and right. uh you know watching his watching the way he was driving um. Like we didn't make a bunch of changes to the car. Like we, he took it out, he shook it down. He goes, "Okay, this feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this is what I need." Okay, we made an adjustment, and we were like, "Okay, we ready to go? Well, yeah, let's go." And even the doctors, the doctor, he didn't get on the race after the doctor was there to start with. So, and it was basically a check ride. Hey man, can you handle this? You're going to get yeah. sick. And we made long, you know, we made a few runs. And we just increased it in laps. You know, like the first one was a five-lap run. The next one was a 10-lap run. The next one was a 20-lap run. Yeah. The next one was a 30-lap run. Yeah. Well, Well. and what, it, it, it went well. What's crazy to me is if we look at the timeline, Billy, okay? I mean, let's just literally look at the timeline. We go to Daytona, right? We're, we're, at, we're at Daytona. And, and help me out here because I don't have my, my list in front of me, but – we go Daytona and then we go West Coast West Coast Swing. Yes, correct. Yes, we go yeah. to started off Las Vegas, Vegas, California, Phoenix, and then we're supposed to come back racing to Atlanta. We're talking correct. really a month. We're talking somewhere. I mean, it said it was the week. Uh, um, 
it, it, well, he did it at Darlington. So it was sometime before the pandemic started. The pandemic started that week, Billy Bradley. He was in the car roughly a month. <laughs> he, he missed three races or so, maybe four. Uh, I mean, if, I, I don't know when it was, but it say that, say that Atlanta happens. It happened some. It had to happen either the, the week of Atlanta or the week after Atlanta. But he, we're talking about four, maybe five weeks at the most of this happening, and he's in the car shaking it down, running lap times. It says he was fast. And I, I just – that just – I mean, I, that just takes that, – that it's unfathomable to me. I can't even put it to words that what I saw, Billy Bradley, you and I both were texting, and we are like, this is as bad of a record I have ever seen in NASCAR. And, and yeah. it just does not look good, and this is a terrible situation. And, um, like, there was – there. I mean, I w- abs- not only was I prepared for the worst, I expected the worst. And then to find out that within five weeks later, he's out on the – He's out on the he's literally out on the track at Darlington and he's and he's running competitive lap time. Just it just it just blows me away. And um now we know that um and NASCAR did something this week that was really kind of funny to me, Billy Bradley. He Brian Newman does this thing and says, Hey, I'm on the track, you know, I'm ready I'm ready to go, all this kind of stuff and NASCAR puts out a statement that says, Well, he hasn't been cleared yet. And then within hours, they clear him. And I just don't have any freaking clue why NASCAR would even come out and say, well, he hasn't been cleared yet. I mean, why not just keep your mouth shut? And if you had a paperwork thing or this thing or something like that, why don't you just keep your mouth shut instead of acting like a prick and making a statement to saying that he hasn't been cleared? Does that make any sense to you, Billy Bradley? No, I, I mean, you know, we had a private tech going back with, you know, WAGs and all of them. Like, we couldn't understand why they, they would even do that. It just – not unless it's just a whole uh, this is my uh, boss and I can do what I want type playground deal. So, it was very – they should have just kept it quiet like you said. If they had kept their mouth shut, they wouldn't look like Brian France was still running the thing. Um, I, now, we, we the other big news that's kind of attached to this, Rob Lopes is um, everybody yes. kind of assumed that you know Ross Chastain he did fairly well I mean he made a couple mistakes that, that cost you guys several spots but all in all I mean he for what he was charged to do I, I think he did about as well as as expected but he certainly could have done better I think that's a fair assessment would you agree with that Rob? Um, I think under the circumstances, he did very well. He kept the car safe for us. He, are there things he could have done differently that maybe would improve our finishes for some of those races? Possibly. Yeah. Um, you can probably chalk that up to a couple of different things, and I'm just going to go ahead and speak freely about that. Uh, one is his experience in a cup yeah. car. Um, and the situation and, – and, and when I say that, he's been in the cup car a few times before, but – it has been in a different performance situation as far as he's running, a, basically running a different race in the, in the rides he's been in. Yeah. So now you go ahead and you put that in there, and the fact that he's not a week-in, week-out cup driver, well, the races are yeah. longer, the competition's yeah. a lot different, the, yeah. the, the situations on the racetrack are a lot different from, yeah. from restart to restart. Now, you go ahead and also you can put that in with it's not his name above the door. Yeah. So it's, he knows it's not his car. He's not going to hurt the car. He's not yeah. going to do the things that he would have if, perhaps if it was his ride. 
Yeah. And also, on the other side of the coin, and people might agree or disagree with this, it makes a difference, believe it or not, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, it makes a difference on who's in that race car as to how the other guys race you. Sure. Yeah. There are some things that I saw during the races that Ross was in the car and things that happened to the six or situations that the six was put in that that would not have happened if Ryan was in the car. Uh, of course. I mean, Ryan Newman is going to – everybody knows Ryan Newman is a is a tough guy to pass. He's one of those guys, if you want to entertain – um, if you want to entertain doing some crazy shit, uh, he will absolutely um, entertain retaliating immediately um, or, or at the worst thing. You've got a, a, an inexperienced guy in there. Hey, hey this is all to say, uh, Ross Chastain did a, a, a good job. There's nothing, nothing terrible he did. He kept the car safe. He, he wasn't aggressive enough to do. I mean, the worst thing he could do is just do something absolute stupid and wreck a bunch of stuff and all this kind of stuff. None of that stuff happened. So we hear the news that what happened to Kyle Larson, right? We've, we already know that, all this stuff. Who's the number one guy, Billy Bradley, we all think is going in that ride when, when we go back racing? I don't know about y'all, but I said Matt Kansas. Oh, you full of shit is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tell that to somebody. Oh, man, I, it, thought, no. I thought for sure it was Ross Chastain's ride. I mean, Everybody I, thought I, it was Ross Chastain. I mean, we're looking at he's already under contract. He's on loan from Chip Ganassi Racing. We assume, hey, they're going to work this thing out. They're going to do this. They're going to do that and all this kind of stuff. Lo and behold, Billy Bradley, Matt Kenseth, out of nowhere, it wasn't on my radar whatsoever. I assumed he was no. up in Wisconsin late model racing or, or getting his, his late models ready or that sort of thing. And, and all of a sudden, he's in the car and all – and I feel like an idiot, kind of, Billy, because it makes perfect, perfect sense. I mean, here's it a guy. absolutely does. He doesn't have any contract to be bought out. I mean, if Chip Canassi wants to get Ross Chastain in that car, I mean, they got to go over there to a colleague or whatever. They've got sponsors that they got to deal with and these sorts of things and buy them out. This is the wrong time to be buying guys out of contracts and, and paying off sponsors yeah. to bring them over. Um, it's just it's just the wrong time to do that, and nobody's got the money to do that. Nobody wants to deal with that. I think it's a fantastic move. I, I can't see any negative to it whatsoever. As a matter of fact, we all know what uh, Mark Martin did over there at Hendrick, and up until he was 51, I, I think it's a fantastic move. Rob Lopes, as a as a guy who's been in the garage a long time, I, I guess this. I, I'm, I'm well. Let me just ask, what do you think about putting Matt Kenseth in the 42? I think that's a great move. That's a great move for Chip Ganassi, and a great move for that 42. It, in my opinion, it doesn't change their, it doesn't change their potential one whatsoever. I mean, Larson proven winners, won several races, made the playoffs. Uh, in fact, it might even ramp them up. I mean, aside from the fact that he hasn't been in a Cup car for over a year since he was, since he was uh, in the seat for us. Six. Yeah. At the six, he hasn't been in a cup car. Um, but it is a high-quality ride, obviously. And like you said, from a business standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Um, very sponsor-savvy, very smart race car driver, very good race car driver, very talented. And I think he brings a whole new, he brings a whole new uh, perspective and, and, and a layer of experience to that 42. I mean, he's a past champion. Uh, 
won lots of races, very versed at all the racetracks. Not that Kyle wasn't, but I mean, you, you know, it's is a it's a really great move for them. It keeps them keeps them right in contention. Well, here's the thing about it that I that I that I've always admired Matt Kenseth for. Matt Kenseth seems to have Matt Kenseth and Dale Jr. were two of the most patient um, racers that I that I that I've watched. I mean, they they um, they didn't like force a ton of issues. Um, they knew when they should, you know, lay back and wait till the end of the run and get that thing going. Uh, Matt Kenseth is absolutely smart, but I think I want to touch on what you said there, Rob and Billy. I'm going to ask you a question coming out of this, but the biggest thing to me by hiring Matt Kenseth is that team now knows they not only do they have a shot to win a race, uh, they may be expected to win a race with a guy like Matt Kenseth in there. Yeah, he may need a little bit of time to get acclimated. I'm not. I'm guessing not much. But if you're going to go from a Ross Chastain who is an up and comer, and let's say Ross Chastain's got some talent. Or you got a, a chance to get Matt, Kenseth. and he has a future. He has a future. Don't write him off. And he, he you know, he with all due respect does. to Ross, he has a future in this sport. He's on his way. He's on his way. I but, think, I forget that, but go ahead. Yeah, no, he's he's on his way, and he and and Ross ain't going anywhere. It just just isn't his chance. But Billy Bradley, can the forty-two win in two thousand twenty with Matt Kenseth behind the wheel? Man, that's a tough question. But I mean, you know. Firsthand, Rob and them got a view on how good Matt Kenseth is going to improve their team when someone comes over there. Uh, I think the 42 and the one are struggling a little bit. But I think by the end of the year, yes, they'll win a race. I'm going to tell you this right now. Matt Kenseth will win a race in 2020, and I'm going to tell you why. The last time he was in the car was at number six over there, and they were in a state of flux. They had a, a driver over there. They weren't sure what was going on. They needed to bring somebody in to evaluate not only the team, the program, and the the, the car, and, and, and Trevor Bain, uh, and, and he did that. And not only did he perform, um, not only did he perform, he performed fantastic around a set of circumstances that was going to make it difficult to win where they were. He's walking into a 42 team who I, they've been focused on winning, and my opinion is Kyle Larson should have three or four more wins under his belt, but Kyle Larson kind of screwed himself out of some of these wins. And I, and I think Matt Kenseth being focused on one sport, <laughs> NASCAR Cup racing, uh, I think he's going to get in there and he's going to do a hell of a lot of good. See, when he was at, at Roush Fenway, and Rob, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, yes, he's expected to go in there and compete, and, and they definitely want wins and that sort of thing. But there was an evaluation thing that Roush Fenway was doing with Matt Kenseth. When you come over here to the 42, there's no evaluation. Get in the car, compete for a championship if you can. We want to win races. We want to do this. Rob Lopes, am I wrong in saying that when Matt Kenseth come over there, he had kind of a dual purpose? Uh, agreed. That that's and and I think it's I think it's very fair and very it, it's very fair and safe to say that it was a dual purpose for him to be there. He was evaluating our equipment. He was evaluating. Uh, we were evaluating drivers. I mean, it's really it, it's easier to say it now than it was then. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a matter of let's see where we're at and here's a way to do it. Yeah. Because this I, is what this hey, is what we need to do. Hey, Dan, I have a question about this whole Matt Kenseth thing, and I, I see it 
as NASCAR actually made a halfway decent call with this. Uh, what's your opinion on them granting Matt Kenseth a waiver under their circumstance? Deron Newman, I totally understand. We saw that with Kyle Busch the year he raced half a year and won his only championship. Well, not his only now, but at that time. Uh, I, I, I think NASCAR had to be had to give Chip Canassi that opportunity to, to make the playoffs because they wanted to keep their sponsors happy. If this pandemic had it not happened, I don't think the 42 gets the waiver. But right I, now, sponsor controls. Billy, I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly. I think – 100% of the time in the situation that happens with the 42. And it, this is specific to what happened to the 42. You got a, a and I'm not going to say he's a young up-and-comer. He's an established NASCAR uh, uh, star. And he says something like he does. NASCAR now has a dirty image that it has to, re- it has no choice but to repair this because of sins of the past in NASCAR. Um, they have to fix this, not just for Chip Ganassi. This is a NASCAR thing. This is a sport thing. Putting Matt Kenseth in there and giving him a waiver doesn't help Chip Ganassi alone. It helps the six. It helps Hendrick Motorsports. It helps JGR. It helps every team in that garage get rid of the stigma that NASCAR is a bunch of hillbilly cousin fucking motherfuckers that just go around in left-hand circles. If they don't give Matt Kenseth a, a waiver, then they are absolutely killing themselves because of the image that it puts out that we're not trying to do the right thing here. They absolutely have to keep every sponsor in the sport, number one, uh, or number two. Number one, they have to let everybody know that we are moving forward. We're not not even going to discuss this. We do not want a story to be the 42 can't compete for a championship because – um, Kyle Larson said something idiotic on iRacing. I think in this specific case, they had absolute. I don't even think it was a question. My guess is they were ready to, I mean, it was literally a rubber stamp. File your paperwork. You know, instead of NASCAR coming out to Ryan Newman and saying, well, he hasn't, he, he hasn't been cleared yet. I guarantee you, NAS, Steve O'Donnell called Chip Ganassi and said, hey, we're ready to give Matt Kenseth the waiver. Send that damn thing in right now so we can get this shit over with. We want this story killed. We want to move forward with a positive thing. We've got it ready. All you got to do is send it. Send the damn thing now. I don't think there's but at any what point, scenario. At what point are they going to, like, what owner can fire a driver? Say they have a video of Kurt Busch, for instance, when he was traveling at 100-some mile an hour on the interstate and – the owner fires him. I'm just using Kurt for an example. They fire him just because he's not up to his full potential in the car, and they say, well, we can fire him and get another driver and get a waiver granted in. Billy, I, mean, I, 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 think, I think the intent of the waiver is to use, just like most rules in NASCAR, is to use it when they need it. They're not going to let somebody like, um, you know, they're not going to let somebody who has done something. You remember Ray Carruth back at the, uh, what the Carolina Panther, Billy Bradley, um, murdered his girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously, that's a situation where they're, they're going to prison and that sort of thing. Well, let's say there's a guy out there who has a court case um, and, and does some time and comes back and, and there's a few races left in the thing or whatever. They're using this just like they can everything else was to NASCAR's discretion for the waiver. I personally, only, I, if I was going to choose, 
I would say that a waiver is done on a case-by-case basis, and it's up to a, a panel of five people or whatever and not put any rules out there whatsoever on what it is to do. I, I, just, I wouldn't do that uh, because I, I want there to be some gray in all these things, and I think that's why NASCAR yeah. has it written the way it is. If you look at um, – and, and first of all, anybody who leaves a sport from an, from an injury should be an automatic because what we don't want is we don't want guys not being honest with an injury like used to happen all the damn time. I mean, I mean how many, it, it's really it's hard to – Rob could probably attest, you know, uh, he may not know the numbers, but I guarantee you in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s and, and before oh, – all shit, I'd say – yeah. How many people it's got been, a, a concussion and should have never been behind the wheel but they didn't want to lose their ride or that's what they were racers and they kept on going – if you got out for a health reason, you need to get a waiver. In this case, in 2020, I think, and and especially in in NASCAR, if you have an ability as an owner to keep a, a, a sponsor in the sport, NASCAR is going to grant that waiver um, ten times out of out of ten. I don't know where that line right. is, Billy, because we haven't hit it yet. That's a great question. I don't I don't know, you know, to speculate on what it would take for NASCAR not to grant a waiver. Because here's a fact: since since they've given this this waiver rule, Billy, exactly zero people have been denied a waiver. That's the problem right. that we yeah. have right now. We don't know what it is. It, and it's all it all falls back on racing. I mean, I, I've never done it, but everybody I talk to, they talk about how expensive it is. It all falls back on sponsorship. If you've got twenty million dollars to go in there and say, "Hey, NASCAR, here's you twenty million dollars," you can tell them what you want to do. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's just sponsorship driven. Well, what used to happen, or what happened while Brian France was there, is um, NASCAR would would uh, help, quote unquote, teams find sponsorship, but then also yeah. they would give them a pitch on, "Hey, maybe just be a NASCAR sponsor," and um, you always have a. You know, if you don't want to be involved with the race team, you can always sponsor NASCAR on a, on a higher level and sponsor the whole series. And so NASCAR was in the business of trying to compete with race teams for sponsors. Well, they don't do that shit anymore with this tiered system they have and all that sort of thing. So I think it's even more of a given that when uh, somebody can move forward in a positive direction with a with a or keep a sponsor or get a new sponsor. They're gonna get a waiver, especially if it's in a uh, in a in a in a weird in a weird type of thing. But I, I believe Matt Kenseth wins the race this year. I believe the 42 gets better, in my opinion. I know that sounds dumb as hell, but I think the 40. I think most of the 42's problem uh, and the success. Um, well, I'm not even gonna say that. I'm gonna say most of the 42's problem, other than the blown motor that they got from Hendrick at Phoenix a couple years ago, has been the guy in the 42. I mean, the 42 can certainly wheel it, but I don't, I don't, I mean, he's lost a lot of races, Billy. He's won a few races. I mean, I think he's got eight wins, six wins, eight wins. I mean, we're not talking about a guy that's running the world, you know, all to hell, but if you look at what Kurt Busch has done over there and, and you, and you see what, what um, Kyle Larson's has done over there, it's been pretty equal in my opinion, Billy. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I think for sure, like I said, Matt Kins is going into, to, pretty good equipment and he's only going to make the 42 team better i think that's i i honestly think he's only going to make the 42 team better rob lopes you're a team member um you you got a a guy like this do you think that 
and this is a speculative question, but I believe Matt Kenneth is going to make the 42 better. I believe in change. We all know that. I believe Matt Kenneth is going to come in, and that, that, cup, that cup team over there in the 42 is going to run better. Do you have any gut feeling whatsoever or any knowledge that says he make it better, he won't make it better? What, what do, you, do you have any prediction for us? Yeah, I have a couple things while we're on this topic, and I'll answer your question first. Uh, what I, I think the biggest change you see out of the 42 is you see, and you already touched on it, uh, you see a driver who is a little more patient. Yeah. I think a lot of the things, like you brought up, you know, the 42 lost some races because of the driver. Well, I think it was, a lot of it was his aggressive nature mm-hmm. um, and probably some instances where he should have exercised patience and he didn't. Yeah. But – you're you're still you're not talking about replacing a B tier, second tier, third tier driver with yeah. a first tier driver that's a past champion. Yeah. You are talking about two first tier drivers. One just has a little bit different style than the other. Yeah. So I think you see an improvement from a performance standpoint based on the fact that you're not going to see Matt Kenseth put that car in positions where that Larson did based on his just based on his style. Yeah. I think that's a fair way to put it. Um, the 42 team had no problems performing, uh, no problems with running up front, no problems with winning races. I mean, that team is a proven winner. Yeah. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to see, like, a market increase or anything. I just think you see different scenarios play out. You see scenarios play out differently because of who's in the seat and based on their styles. Yeah. Now – Along with what we're talking about right there, and I want to go back to what we were talking about as far as these waivers go, and you were talking about Kyle Larson getting pitched out, losing his ride because of iRacing, you know, and, oh, if this pandemic doesn't happen. First off, let's think about this. One, this whole pandemic and this shutdown where we're not racing, if we're business as usual, that probably doesn't happen for the simple fact is you're not iRacing three times a week and it's not televised. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> now, does that now does that change right or wrong? No, no, no of course not. All I'm saying is, is that statement that he made that cost him his job, that forced uh, CGR into the situation that they were put in, doesn't happen because these guys aren't eye racing on TV. Yeah. And you know, and like I said, did it bring something to light? Maybe. Is it something that would have been brought to light anyway? Probably not. Right, wrong, or indifferent, and we're not discussing that right now. All I'm saying is is that scenario doesn't happen if we're business as usual going racing every week. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's all. I mean, so, and you can't penalize, you can't penalize the 42 team for something that they had no control over that that really had nothing to do with their team or cup racing. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I can't even think of a scenario where this happens on the same on this level where he's competing, but not in the Cup car. I can't even. I, I mean, you know, you're, you're, we're talking, you know, unicorns right now is to, to yeah. try to come up with something. Is well, this could this could have happened here. This could have happened there. Oh, he could have been driving a sprint car in a World of Outlaw race, and yeah, well, you know what? They don't talk on the radio there. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, this was a situation that came to light because of the circumstances that everyone was in. And, again, we're not talking right or wrong. It just Mm -hmm. came to light because of the circumstances. And if we're business as usual and 
the world doesn't stop for a month. We're you know we're headed to Dover today, and yeah. it's we're we're doing what we do. Yeah. So, um, Rob, you talked about business as usual. Let's talk about that while we're while you brought it up here. Um, fact of the matter is, as we record this on Thursday, uh, there's a lot of teams that are bringing back uh, Stewart Haas. Racing is bringing back essential employees. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing is doing it soon. RCR returned on Monday. I, I got to believe, and maybe I'm wrong, but the fact that RCR returned Monday seems a little early to me. It might have been because they might be working on that 2021 thing. I don't know. but uh, and Of course, that's speculative. But I, uh, And also, um, Adam Stern reported that uh, today on Thursday, that Ralph Fenway Racing is bringing back a group of essential employees to prep cars with new safety protocols and testing in place. And it says right here, the majority of RFR staff continues to work remotely for now. So, Rob Lopes, you guys uh, have a group of people that are going to the shop to get cars ready and that sort of thing. Can you expound on, you know, kind of what those those guys may be doing it and, and who is doing that stuff that's there? The mechanics, who works on that? Well, what, what came about is it, it – the the county Cabarrus County Mecklenburg County um, had additional regulations rules uh, whatever words protocols whatever you want to call as far as you know shelter at home stay at home non essential the rules were a little bit more uh, for lack of a better term stringent than the state yeah. which is why you know Stuart Haas Ralph Fenway Joe mm-hmm. Gibbs Racing uh, you know, everybody, Hendrick, you know, we're all right here in, in these counties surrounding Charlotte, which had more stringent rules. So we weren't allowed to go to work. Okay. Well, that expired at 5 o'clock Wednesday night. So, okay. You know, the governor gets the governor of North Carolina gets on there and, and doesn't see a problem with running the Coca-Cola 600, you know, and is actually trying to push forward a little bit. You know, which kind of jumpstarts the economy to a point, you know, and it jumpstarts the economy, and this is a whole other topic we can touch on if you like. Uh, but, you know, it, it gives us a chance. It gets people around here motivated. It, racing gets back in business, which there's, racing is a huge economy in this area for the simple fact is how many people it employs, not only via the race teams, but also with the support companies that support our sport, vendors, uh, transportation, et cetera. There's a, a lot of money get, gets pumped into the economy on a day-to-day basis because so many people work in racing here. Yeah. We're talking thousands of people. So, you know, that, that helps the economy of this area. Now, since the counties relax their stay or their rules, 5 o'clock, okay, boom. Race teams can go do this. Now, I'll speak on RFR stamp from their standpoint. We have people in the shop today. They went back this morning. We were sent out a huge list of parameters of what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, procedures, uh, safety procedures, protocols as far as how we're going to work, when we're going to work, who's doing the work. And basically right now it's uh, what you would call race team essentials, basically production groups. Now, again, I would – I can only assume or I can only hypothesize that the other teams in the area are doing the same thing. The guys that are going on the road that don't really have anything that they need to do today aren't going in today. Yeah. I know we're not. We're not scheduled to go in for probably another week. 
because yeah. you need to get the shop back up and running. You need to get, okay, we've got these cars. These cars were built to go to Atlanta. These cars were built to go to Homestead. All right, are we going to take these to Darlington? What are we going to do? Okay, what do we got to do with these engines? What do we got to do with transmissions? What do we got to do with gears? Suspension. You can get your production guys to do that to get things, get the ball rolling. Yeah. And then you can bring your race team guys in to go ahead and do the final stuff on it like you would under normal circumstances. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the procedure that Roush is going to do, and I wouldn't be surprised if the rest of them are going to do very similar things. You've got to remember that these race teams have been in contact, and when I say race teams, I mean crew chiefs, owners, competition directors, presidents of the companies, all these people, you know, these, the, the people that run the show for each individual team have been in contact with NASCAR on the regular. They've been in contact with each other on the regular. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? What, or how are you, you know, and they talk to each other. How are we going to handle this? How are you guys going to handle that? Well, this is what we thought. What do you all think about this? And you can, you can probably bet that everybody's kind of going to be on a very similar path just for the simple fact that everybody wants to do the right thing for everybody involved. Yeah. And there's a lot of moving parts to this yet. You know, yeah. there's a reason why we haven't been sent email after email after email from day to day to day for each conversation because there's still a lot of moving parts to it. And we'll know as soon as they get things a little more locked down as closer, closer we get to go racing. Yeah. Well, you brought up basically <laughs> what I've heard, Billy Bradley, is that really um, – we don't know exactly how it's going to be rolled out, but we know we're going to roll out. And, um, and I'm sure it's going to change, you know, several times, you know, before we go back to racing. And, and, and quite frankly, Rob Lopes, I think it's safe to say that it, protocols and different things may change depending on the venue and the county and the state that you guys are racing. I think that's certainly something that you could expect. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I did some surfing on, on the old Twitterverse to see what people say. And, I, and here again, I don't put a lot of stock into it, but I like to see what people are saying, you know, because sometimes it broadens your mind. You say, okay, well, you know, I understand why that person would ask this question, you know, and it's a lot, you know, race fans and there's, you know, some team guys on there and they say certain things. But the thing of it is, is everything is so localized. Like, like county by county, things are different. And, you know, state to state, things are different. County by county, things are different. So a lot of it does depend on where where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Obviously, the plan is to go to tracks that are very close to our hub, which is the Charlotte area, that yeah. we can drive to in a couple hours. Yeah. We don't have to stay overnight. We don't have to utilize restaurants or hotels. We can get in and we can get out. Yeah. You can control, you can control the people in the garage, how many and who. You know exactly who they are. You know exactly who they've been around. The teams yeah. have been on top of us, and I'm going to speak from a personal standpoint, the teams have been on, at least Rouse, I know Rouse has, they've been on top of us to stay healthy. Yeah. To be smart in what we're doing. Yeah. Because we will, we are going to be, we will be essential for things to get started back up. Yeah. Take care of ourselves. Take care of our health. Yeah. And moving forward, you're going to see that. The garages are going to be very controlled. I I can, I visualize that. Now, not, let me ask you this. And, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to – no, please continue your thought because what I have to say is not necessarily related to that. Well, uh, what, what I'm saying is, is 
like I said, these teams in NASCAR, they've all been talking. How are we going to handle this? How, how are we going to handle that? Okay, we're going to take – you're going to take this many guys. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. There's not going to be any of this BS. There's not going to be any of this. There's not going to be yeah. any of that. We're not yeah. putting – you know, things are obviously going to be handled different. Things are going to be – you know, processes are probably going to be a little bit different. Um, but they want to get the sport back rolling, and they want to do it with minimal – they still want to abide by the – physical social distancing of people, sure. keeping your groups to, you know, a minimum. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously when you put five guys from a team and, you know, you put them together, it's, yeah, there's going to be some times when you're, when you're a little less than six feet yeah. from the next person because it's really hard to do this without yeah. doing that. Yeah. But, you, you know, they, they want to do what's best for everybody involved from – within the team, from team to team, with the officials, with everybody involved, you know, you still want to be smart about it. So, you you know, there's like I said, there's still a lot of moving parts of this. I'm sure there's still some things that need to get figured out, some details that need to be hammered out. But I think the fact that we've got the structure, the basic structure laid down, okay, this is what, this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to get this part back rolling. We'll get our sport back out there. We're going to give the racing community something that they can, that they can deal with and something that they can enjoy that has nothing to do with the video game. No, no offense, no disrespect, but you know, we're, we're, we're getting the ball rolling. We're getting, we're working our way back to something normal. Is it going to be something like we've ever seen before? Oh yeah. Racing is going to be completely different, but it's going to be racing and it's going to be live racing. I, I can tell you this. Um, this is the future of the sport, and we were headed this way regardless. We just didn't have a reason to do it. The fact of the matter is the, the cost of the sport is getting out of control. Um, I mean, fans going to the track is, is going to dwindle. It's, it's, it's not going to increase. It wasn't going to increase to 2007 um, numbers. That's just, that's just not even plausible. Uh, so, but, but let me ask you one question, Rob Lopes. How many sets of tires do you guys go through on a Charlotte weekend for uh, for practice? Practice only. How many sets of tires do you go through? Four. You go through four sets. How much of those sets of tires? You get four, you get you get you get four sets of tires when you go to when you go to race track. You get four sets of tires. Practice. Okay. You got yeah, one set for qualifying, three for practice. A set of tires is two grand. Set of tires, two grand. So there's eight thousand dollars right there. Billy Bradley, you see where I'm headed. Uh, listen, I- I'm excited to see uh, Roush Fenway Racing, um, Joe Gibbs, Hendrick roll in the Darlington um, Motor Speedway, Charlotte, uh, unload off the truck, and go qualify. <laughs> you know, and I- I'm excited to see that because we're going to find out who. I mean, listen. Dale Jr. sometimes practiced that car and made huge changes to the car. Other times, they didn't do hardly anything to it. But here's the fact of the matter is we're going to find out who has detailed notes, <laughs> who can who can guess the best, Billy Bradley, because they're not going to get a chance to do all this stuff, in my opinion. I don't think we're going to go out there and practice a bunch and have to you know, service a car a bunch and that sort of thing. I think this may actually help the sport from a, not only a financial standpoint, but I think it's going to make it a hell of a lot easier 
for tracks to put on a show. We, You and I have begged for a long time, Billy, make it a one-day damn show. Make it a two-day show. Don't make it a three-damn-day show, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Make it a two-day show so people can get there, don't have to take off work and all that kind of stuff. Or, or I mean, we're, we're going to see a one-day show. I'm 100% on board with that, but I, I, just have to, I just have to believe that we are going to make changes because of this pandemic that are going to actually stick with the sport long-term, Billy. I, I think there's going to be some good things that come out of this, and there's definitely going to be change. But the fact of the matter is NASCAR is going to be the second major sport in the U.S. to return to in-person events following the pandemic after UFC. UFC starts um, May the 9th. They've got a card going on, which is really weird. But the PGA and that is, very, is that the truth? That's the truth. They're going to get like – yeah, well, now wild. they had one scheduled. It is scheduled, but now they also had one scheduled uh, like two weeks after all this. Dana White says, you know, fuck it, I'm my boss. I can do what I want. But he got shut down pretty quick after that, too. So I look for that to get moved back. I really don't see that UFC fight taking place. And if it does, it's great. We'll make a friendly wager. I believe this thing is not only going on, it is going on with um, – uh, uh, without a hitch, um, it's going to happen. Uh, we, we've heard and, and continue to hear that uh, the PGA is very close. IndyCar, I mean, if you're watching anything there, IndyCar is getting ready to come on. But we've got a, an accelerated schedule. We're going to have a fun schedule. I, I'm not fun for Rob Lopes, maybe. It's going to be a hell of a lot of work. But I think from a NASCAR fan standpoint, Billy Bradley, uh, very few people go to the track that actually consume the sport, just like every other sport, okay? There may be 50,000 people in the stands, but there's 1.4 million that are watching it on TV. So by and large, from the fan standpoint, it's only going to be it's going to be consumed a little bit where they're going to have difficulty and the sport is getting, you know, the, the meet and greets at the track where sponsors, I mean, one of the best things a sponsor gets to do is go into the pit box or get to meet the driver and the crew beforehand and that sort of thing. Well, that ain't going to happen, but – They'll be creative on that, but I'm absolutely looking forward to um, how all this rolls and plays out from a from a guy who loves ergonomics, Billy Bradley. I, I can't wait to see how this is implemented, the changes that they make. Because listen, I, let's just be honest: this first race coming back is going to be a train wreck from a from an organization standpoint because nobody knows how it's going to do. Nobody knows those okay. little things. No, that, that's perfectly fine. I mean, I don't think anybody expects it to go off without a hitch. I, in fact, I would expect there to be things that, that come up that they hadn't thought about because they just hadn't had a group. They haven't never had to do this before, and I'm okay with that. I think this is a good time for it, but here's the most important thing we got going on. 2020 is going to be the worst uh, economy in my lifetime, period. Um, 2021 is going to be the second worst economy if we're lucky. Hopefully it won't be the worst economy that we have um, in this country, but it, it very well likely could. We're talking about – major decimation to um to the entire u.s uh, we got 10 percent of the people on unemployment uh, well this is a and and, and we're going to have uh, mark scott on very soon I, I just couldn't get to him uh this week and we're going to have him on but the, the the financial ramifications that are coming out of this coronavirus for the united states and for the world is uh, that we will be doing everything differently moving forward as a society forget about nascar forget about the pga we're all going to be doing things you know differently moving forward and i think the most important thing we can do is move forward safely 
not just move forward. We have to move forward safely. And I'm glad Rob Lowe's got his mulch in, Billy Bradley, so he can get a workout in. Um, I've been, he's been sending me. Yeah, I had to get that workout in for sure. <laughs> he's been sending us pictures of his food for five damn weeks. And, um, hell, I'm gaining weight just looking at the shit. So uh, I'm glad Rob Lopes is able to get out and, uh, um, and, and burn off some calories. But it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens and transpires. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm super excited and happy for the sport to be one of the first to come back. Billy, did you see uh, Danica Patrick? Did you see Danica Patrick's interview with Jamie Little um, earlier this week, by chance? Man, 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 I, I did <laughs> see that, and I, I'm not really sure how how to take it. Like, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, Danica is still she's the same person she's always been, the snobby thing. But just the way she talked about the sport of NASCAR, I mean, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Billy, that. Why, why do you say that? I I didn't see it. So and without getting into a whole lot of detail, what you just pretty you, much what, said there's so much cutthroat out there between the drivers. Like in order for in order to get publicity, you have to cut each other's throat, and I don't see that, man. Like I, I mean, I'm, granted, I'm not at every racetrack, but I pay attention to the sport quite often, and. I don't see drivers – like, I see the drivers being too damn friendly to each other, to be honest with you. Billy, let me give you my opinion of of what I saw. And for those of you who didn't see it, you can go to Fox Sports, um, Fox NASCAR, I guess it is, um, where you can see the Jamie Little interview. Bob Pockris, um retweeted it, but it's, it's Fox NASCAR. NASCAR on Fox, I guess, is their Twitter handle. Um, About she, three minutes. Yeah, three minutes and some odd seconds, uh, Jamie asked her, hey, do you miss the competition? And she was like, no. And, and it's just like, and, that, and then she just, she she didn't say anything else. She said, no. And Jamie Little's like, well, um, and, and then Danica <laughs> goes on this, this 30 second dissertation about, you know, I, I got competition on, how many books I can sell or how many cases of wine I can sell or yeah. how many people I can get on my Instagram live, you know, workout feeds and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and basically um, she came off like the most callous, insensitive. Um, we all think Kyle Larson doesn't give a shit about NASCAR because he says he likes, you know, winning the chili bowl would be better than the Daytona 500. Uh, Danica Patrick, acts like she didn't give a damn about nothing but the almighty dollar. She acts like she didn't get – now, we saw her storm off, you know, stamp her foot with what happened with uh, Denny Hamlin and all these kind of things. But she came off as, like, the most unlikable person I have ever seen in my entire life. I was just watching this going, this is the person that, that little girls looked up to for decades and and, and just – and it acted like she couldn't care less about driving or being in a car, and it almost made it sound like it was a chore for her, Billy Bradley, to get in a NASCAR. Yeah. Like, the only reason she did it is because she wanted to get paid, and it was absolutely the worst interview I have ever seen a top-level star. I'm going to call her top-level star because she was, if you count dollars and, and sponsorships and all that, Billy Bradley, it was the worst oh, yeah. interview I have ever seen from a top-level star in motorsports. And I just it was just hilarious to me. I just, In fact, you're the one that said, have you seen that thing? I'm like, well, I didn't watch it. But when I watched it, my mouth was open just staring at the 
you talk about an odd bird. I, she seems like the most weirdest, callous, couldn't care less about anybody else on the plane. She threw in there, you know, it's also competitive, like how many people you can help and that sort of thing. I mean, well, that's not what you're supposed to help people for is to see to be competitive about it. You're supposed to help people. I mean, I just, I was, it was absolutely uh, mind-blowing, to be bluntly honest with you. I never in my entire life expected to see somebody like that. I mean, why would she even do the interview if she wasn't going to – Rob, I, I'm dying for you to see. In fact, I'm going to tweet it to you. I'm going to tweet out the link so everybody can watch it. I just thought it was the weirdest thing. Uh, obviously, she doesn't have a PR person sitting right in front of her because they would have said – uh, Danica, um, we need to have a malfunction and pull the damn plug on her damn t on, on her computer. It was terrible. Danny Little's facial expression tells the whole. Like you don't even have you can watch it with the volume off and just watch Jamie Little's facial expressions. But uh, and you know what? I just clicked to it. You can, and I'm looking at him right now. And uh, Danica Patrick is looking to the left, looking to the right. She's looking down. She's using her hand. And she's not saying anything. And Jamie Little's standing there like, what the fuck is happening? It's really the oddest thing I have I have seen in, in quite some time, and it makes no sense whatsoever. I don't know why. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know why Bob Pockers retweeted it unless he just wanted to see well how much of a train wreck Danica Patrick is. Oh, there's a reason he tweeted that. Like, <laughs> and there was no headlines either. It was just a retweet. Green yeah, he, NASCAR on Fox, and you know, but yeah, like, yeah, he, he, it was, it was, it was odd for sure. Well, we talked about uh, Ryan Newman coming back. We talked. Oh, I would like to say something right now, Billy Bradley. Uh, Rob Lopes, um, um, notwithstanding, we're going to cut Rob Lopes out of this. Um, but I want a damn apology to you and me, Billy Bradley, for when we said, "Hey, I, okay, I racing coming in. That's great." but I'm not going to watch it. It doesn't seem fun to me. Well, now there's not one person that I know that can't wait to watch a damn iRacing thing on TV, Billy Bradley. Everybody who is even a diehard are like, yeah, I'm over this shit. It's not very fun. The drivers don't give a damn about it. I'm moving forward. I want an apology about that. Number one, Billy Bradley, for you and I. Number two, I want somebody to come on and say, you know what? Uh, we might have laughed at your stupid schedule on, uh, that, you, that you guys talked about last week on the podcast, but our stupid schedule, Billy Bradley, turned out to be uh, mostly right. There, there's probably 95% of what you and I talked about oh, about yeah. the same schedule that is absolutely going to happen, but uh, but we're not going to – I'm going to get called a boomer and an idiot for my iRacing thing and, um, uh, and the schedule, but here we are, Billy, two weeks later, and uh, the schedule is going to happen almost like we said it's going to happen. And ain't nobody really – I mean, people may watch iRacing because there's nothing else on TV, but there ain't nobody going out there and uh, buying an iRacing T-shirt. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've said every racetrack within a few hours' drive from Charlotte, you can bet that they're going to hit for the first couple of months, and that's pretty yep. much what it looks like exactly what they're going to do. Dover came out with their quarterly financial statement. Um, it, it, they, they say we're going to miss our spring race. We're hoping to make it up on a double header weekend in the fall, which is extremely interesting. I know that this schedule is extremely fluid and, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, Billy, I, I'm not convinced that we're, we're not going to have a flare up 
coming back, it seems a little early. If I mean, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. If we're not, we're not. I don't. I mean, I. I I, I honestly could care less, but I could tell you as well, I am following the rules to a T. I'm not out there. Every time I leave my place, I have a mask on. I, I've, I got hand sanitizer in my truck. I mean, I'm doing exactly what's supposed to happen. I got tested for antibodies on Monday, Billy Bradley, because I'm convinced. Uh, I'm convinced that everybody in my family had this shit in December. Um, but and I get my test results uh, hopefully at the end of this week. But fact of the matter is, until there's a uh, uh, if, if we're just going to shut down the country and ruin the economy, we either need to do that or bring everybody back and let 3% of, the, of, the, of Americans die, one of the two. But what I don't want to happen is exactly what Rob Lope said, Ralph Fenway is telling them, to stay safe, stay healthy. What I don't want to happen is all of a sudden something happens, and I'm going to talk about it right now. Something happens in the garage, and now NASCAR doesn't go racing because four teams are sick. Billy, that's the worst mm-hmm. thing that can possibly happen. So when I say as a fan, I am 100% okay with uh, untimed pit stops, going back out <laughs> on the racetrack wherever you went in. I don't give a shit if it takes three minutes to do a pit stop, Billy Bradley. I want the sport safe because what we cannot afford, we cannot afford to go backwards. If we're going to start going NASCAR racing, I'm on board. Smart people are making decisions. I'm okay with that. But if we go backwards, it will be the end of NASCAR if we don't get this year in. It'll it'll be the end of NASCAR, in my opinion. Billy, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think we got to do it the right way. And it seems from everything seems to be going that, you know, they're definitely coming with a limited crew, uh, tr- the travel restrictions. I mean, I'm sure the ones that has – the private planes will still fly their private planes in, but most people are going to be driving to and from tracks, and you get three or four pit crew guys in there. If one person gets it right there, that's four of them. So I, I want us to start it more than anybody. I mean, I'm ready for racing, but I also don't want to be smart about it. But Billy Bradley, you're the only one I know that's getting laid off and want to travel the NASCAR circuit with a damn RV. Um, he's the, only one, he's the only one I know about that. But Rob Lopes, I hope the garage self polices it over there. And I know you're not going to let anybody do some dumb shit, but we need to keep everybody safe in that garage so we can move forward. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think I think you have enough people that are conscious of themselves and conscious of each other, and that understand what we're doing. Yeah. Um, there's there's been some communication. Uh, um, amongst ourselves as far as, hey, what have you been doing? Hey, what have you been doing? Um, You know, hey, what have you heard from your company? You know, this, that, the other. And we're all talking to each other. Yeah. And we all have the same feeling like, hey, man, we want to go back to work. We want to go racing, but we got to be smart about what we're doing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know just from a personal experience, I mean, like you were saying about your own health protocol about what you do, you know, hand sanitizer mm-hmm. in your truck and wearing your yeah. mask and stuff like that. I mean, there's from the people that I've talked to, there's been a wide variety of how people have handled their things. Some people have, you know, Hey, they go out once a week or, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, well, we do this or I wear gloves and I wear a mask and I do this and this and that. And then there's people that, and I'll use myself as an example. I have, position myself and been disciplined to the point where I leave my house every 14 to 16 days yeah. for supplies. Yeah. 
and I will go to the grocery store, I'll go to the hardware store, and I will get what I need for maintenance on my house mm-hmm. or and as far as groceries, et cetera. And, you know, I, hey, I wore a mask in and had the hand sanitizer and put a Ziploc bag in my pocket as far as wipes go to make sure I could take care of my hands, take care of the cart, whatever I was doing. I would wipe my groceries down yeah. before I put them in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got home, everything got wiped down again. Uh, cold goods obviously had to go into the refrigerator right away, and I would put all the other stuff in quarantine in my garage for 24 hours. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad and, you're, you know, you're... And, and, and we're talking, you know, there's people that will probably listen to this and go, Lopes, man, you have gone around the bend. You're out of your mind. What are you thinking? You know, that's crazy, is it? And I think I mentioned this several weeks ago. There was some wise information passed on to me, and I'm going to pass it on again. You will never know if you overreacted to this, but you will know if you underreacted to it. Rob Lopes, I'm glad to hear you say that because yesterday, Dallas County, I'm sure everybody knows I live in in Texas. I've already bought a plane ticket to go see my father. I told my father if he stayed alive until May 7th on his birthday, I'd come visit him. So I'm going to come visit him come hell or high water. That's the first time I'm going to leave Texas. And it'll be 63 days since I left Texas, okay? Um, wow. But each of the last and that's days, a, people that's, knowing you, that's that's amazing. That's amazing stat itself because, hell, one day I talk to you, you're in Florida. Next <laughs> a couple of hours, you're in Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina. I yeah, mean, I, I flew several times a week. Story. Yeah, I flew several times a week. It, it's weird. Um, and, and not seeing my family sucks. But the fact of the matter is, in Dallas County, each of the last two days, excuse me, this is the third day, each of the, we're talking about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we've had a record number of new COVID cases. Today, oh we've had 179 reported. And, and the fact of the matter is, we're, we're testing more. So, obviously, the more people you test, the more number of cases you're going to have just, just because you're, you're testing more. I mean, yeah. the more times you fish, uh, the, the more uh, the more fish you're going to catch. I mean, that's just the, the, the situation. But this is something that uh, everybody needs to be cognizant of. Uh, we need to just, if we protect ourselves and do the right thing, we're going to be okay. It's the people who aren't doing it that um, uh, that, that that really, you know, should make everybody nervous. I'm glad NASCAR is talking about safety protocols and taking it serious. Everything Rob has told us about, you know, their phone conversations and, what they're doing there leads me to believe that we're going to be okay. But fact of the matter is uh, this ain't ending anytime. Oh, Texas is going back. Um, the shelter in place in, in Texas is lifted uh, tomorrow, Friday, May 1st. It's gone. Today is the last one. Yesterday I was in the first traffic jam um, in two months, Billy Bradley, and it sucked. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. But I was in the first traffic jam in two months yesterday. Today's the last day of the shelter in place. Uh, this is all to say. Hey, folks, we're not out of the woods yet. Be smart. Be safe. Do the right things, not just for yourself, but for others, because you don't want somebody else. Uh, if everybody just does the right thing, we don't have to worry about this, and we can move forward. Um, and I, I'm very I hopeful agree. that, you know, once we get to the track, I, I don't care if it is a train wreck, to be honest with you, Billy Bradley. If it takes 10 minutes to get a pit stop done, make it 10 minutes. 
let's just do it safely so we don't go backwards and we can all have something to cheer about and move forward about. I don't want to go backwards. That would be, I mean, there's, there's many people, um, you know, and we, we got two good of the communities that I, that I want to bring up. First thing, the first thing is we've talked about before, there's a lot of people getting stirred crazy. And there's, uh, with, with restrictions being lifted now across the country and that sort of thing, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> let's not just run out and go, you know, do everything we can to get elbow to elbow and that sort of thing. There's still social distancing in places and those sorts of things. But a lot of people are getting um, depressed. Depression is a very real thing. A lot of people are depressed um, because it haven't, you know, had, you know, contact with uh, their loved ones or whatever the case may be, and we need to be cognizant about that. It's a good time to check on your, your friends, your neighbors, you know, whomever, to make sure that everybody is mentally healthy. This is a bad – we haven't even talked about monetarily what this is doing to families. So, um, you know, yeah. make sure everybody is, is mentally prepared. And the second thing is, is this is – we got about five days here, Billy Brown, to get our congratulations cards in to Joshua the Prophet. Um, he's super excited to graduate. Uh, I bought a card. I'm ready to send it. Billy, I found my damn banner um, that Dale Jr. signed. I found it. It's ready to go in the mail. It's going to go in the mail tomorrow and get it there. People, um, I will tweet it again, his address. His mom gave me his address for permission to tweet it. Um, he's absolutely excited. I saw he got a, a, a card from uh, Submarine Mike, and he couldn't contain himself. Um, he, he opened it right away, <laughs> even though he's not supposed to. He opened it right away and was uh, super excited. So let's let's check in on everybody, make sure everybody's mentally healthy. I mean, being physical healthy is fantastic, but you got to be in a good mental spot. And let's get those damn graduation cards in. Um, let's get those damn graduation cards in for our buddy Joshua the Prophet. Bill, you got anything to add, bud? No, I just, I mean, that was exactly what you said, the mental health. Like, I mean, you hear so many people that's losing their jobs. I mean, hell, I'm one of them. But I'm in good shape, and I'm going to be okay. But, you know, a lot of people, they, well, I can't make, my family's not going to make it. I mean, you hear about it every day. I read a story yeah. the other day about a guy that lost his job, and it said the story was, you know, COVID-19 did kill him, but it wasn't the disease. It was that, yeah. you know, he got depressed and ended up shooting himself. I mean, yeah. that's what you got to think about. Yeah, there's other things that are going on with this with this COVID thing. We, uh, we, The three of us are lucky because we at least get, you know, one day a week where we talk together and uh, can socialize uh, in quotes and that sort of thing. There's a lot of people that don't have that, so – um, that's a that's a good point. Terrible story. I, I hate to hear that, but fact of the matter is, we may we may not be out of the woods with this thing yet. Rob Lopes, uh, yeah. you got mulch to spread. Uh, I assume you're not done yeah. with it yet. Uh, you still got a little bit of mulch to get rid of. You know, yeah, I got a little bit, um, and I still got a little bit of time yet, so I'm not I'm not panicked about it. Um, <laughs> you know, it just uh, it just took a while to get because I guess I wasn't the only one that decided that hey, this is a good time to do some outdoor projects because. Uh, it took me two weeks to get a delivery of mulch over here, and you know it's like, wow, man, there's a lot of people uh, doing some outside work. So yeah, I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it. I mean, it's not hard labor, but like you said, it's a nice little workout for me. You know, uh, yeah. keep the body moving and all that sort of thing. Get used to start slinging tires here in a couple of weeks, and uh, be excited yeah. about it. Yeah, no doubt. Really yeah, ready. I can't ready wait. Go ahead. Yeah, I can't wait till you go back to work, Rob. And my smoker is right now in Nashville, Tennessee. Why the fuck it goes from Charlotte, North Carolina, 
bypasses Bristol, Virginia, and the Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I'll never understand that. And you're going to be about back to work, and I'm going to start sending you pictures of food just like you have me, brother. <laughs> well, good, because I look forward to seeing it, because once I get back on, I'm not going to have that much time to do it. Exactly. Um, we're going straight road. You know, and the funny thing is, is I, I, I realized this the other day, you know, you have those shower thoughts, like you can solve the problems of the world in the shower, you know, but uh-huh. um, I had a shower thought. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I should, if it wasn't for me cooking as, as good as I've learned how to cook on several different, you know, in the kitchen, on the smoker, on the grill, I'm like, I would probably weigh probably like 150 pounds right now. But <laughs> uh, the fact that I, you know, and some of you may know I've taken up uh, cycling, road cycling, and I ride quite a bit. I ride a lot of miles a week, and some may know, some don't. But I ride a lot of miles. Uh, I mean, probably we're getting up towards around 200 miles a week. Damn. And and, uh, and you burn a lot of calories doing that, and, you know, you you go ahead and couple that with eating right, and you can shed the pounds, you know, it's it's great for your lungs. It's great for your heart. It's great for your muscles. Great, and it's really great for your head. It's you know you you really clear your mind while you're out there. And I got to thinking about that. I'm like, you know, I was like, I'm a you know I've I've become a pretty avid cyclist, but you know, and I should probably weigh 150 pounds. But the problem is, I think I'm probably a better cook than I am a cyclist. Cyclist. <laughs> <And> therefore. <laughs> And therefore, I, uh, you know, I just, I haven't quite, you know, shed all those pounds. You know, I'm not like back at a 16-year-old Rob Lopes weight. You know, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, if, and I look at it on the other side that if I wasn't doing all this cycling and still cook this way, I would be 300-pound uh, Rob Lopes. And, you know, there would be people, like, I would be getting a lot of boxes from Amazon with new pants and new shirts because my current wardrobe wouldn't fit. Wouldn't fit anymore. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that reminds me, Billy Bradley. I was hoping you're gonna get your, are you gonna get your barbecue in before this weekend. Hell, I don't know, man. I'm not sure it's showing Saturday, but like I question these delivery companies sometimes. Well, I wanted you to could have drove and got it faster. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no. I was. I was gonna <laughs> drove to Charlotte. I mean, it bypassed me. <laughs> hey, they could have stopped on the highway and said, "Hey, can you drive over here real quick to exit 27, and uh, we'll put it in the back of your truck?" Um, well, here's the thing that I'm interested in. We're getting ready to do an online barbecue uh, a barbecue contest, so we need you to get that smoker in, Billy Bradley, because I'm going to do it this weekend without you to get prepped for it. But when you get your mm. barbecue in there, we're gonna we're gonna do a live thing with some prizes out to the winner. Uh, we did one about three, four weeks ago and had some great entries. And uh, but we, we got to get this thing rolling. But you got to put something on the grill. Um, you got to put something on the grill and get it rolling. But um, Rob Lopes, I'm glad to hear um, uh, your driver's back in the car and and you're going to go to work soon. We don't know exactly the parameters, but you're going to go to work soon. That's good. Billy Bradley, I'm uh, sad to hear that you're going to stop working soon, but you're getting a smoker. So at least maybe you can. Uh, uh, keep yourself busy um, for a little bit. And um, what a wild week it is. I mean, with no NASCAR on the track in, what, six weeks, um, uh, five, yeah, six wow. weeks, we've got over an hour-long podcast, boys, and we haven't talked about one thing that's happened on the track. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's always about something. It. There's always something going on, and I'm glad we get together to talk about it. 
folks checked on checked on your neighbors and loved ones uh, um, and acquaintances for um, uh, a mental health check. Uh, send your cards to Joshua the Prophet Prophet uh, by May 8th when he graduates. For Rob Lopes, for Billy Bradley, I'm Dado. Y'all have a good weekend. See you guys. Y'all, y'all do the same. Good one. Bye. See ya. With all this craziness going on in the world right now, we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Before you leave, take a minute and check out this new song by Guy L. Boom and Alex Hobbs. Here's End of the World. Yeah. Turning off my TV, shit's getting rough. All the service negativity, I think I had enough. I got my own demons that I'm still dealing with. And if you still wanna be here, I gotta make one thing clear. Don't just say you love me, show me. You say that you're with me, then prove me. I'm really trying to find my fears, but it's getting scary out here. I don't wanna be Tonight, baby, hold me tight tonight. Oh, come on, baby, make love to me like it's the end of the world. Oh, like it's the end of the world. Oh, oh. like it's the end of the world. Oh, 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 like it's the end of the world.